This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. Glad that you have joined us on uh, podcast number uh, dos. For those of us that don't speak Spanish, that is... 42. Which was... You just told me. Your number in high school. Oh, my high school basketball jersey. Yeah. Jack Robinson. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you asked me, is that because of Jackie <laughs> Robinson? I said, no, that's because that's the jersey they gave me. Yeah, you didn't good. have... Back in, back in the early, mid-70s, you didn't have... It wasn't like... In high school, they handed you a jersey and you said, hey, I'd like, uh, could I get a different number? That, now, it happens a little bit now. Yeah, I was going to ask But it didn't that. happen. It didn't happen that I remember back then. Do kids come in and say, I'd like number seven? Oh, sure. Every single, I mean, honestly, every single year. And what I've done since this will be my 28th year of high school coaching, whenever mm-hmm. that season is. Yeah. Um, talk about that. About the last 10 years. I've given that to my running backs coach, James Walker. So now when the kids approach, I say, you know what? Go see James, uh, go see Coach Walker. Do you guys have any numbers that are retired at Creek? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I mean, this will be my ninth year there. Uh-huh. Uh, but there have been some great, great players, certainly before I got there, too. Best player to come out of Creek is? Was, e- f- ever? Ever. Oh, my gosh. And I know what you're going to say. There's a ton, um, a ton of good players. Well, there, la, 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 there la, la, la. have been. I mean. Yeah. But the game is. Be, before I got there, mm-hmm. I mean, Darnell McDonald would be a guy that would come to mind. Okay. Running back. Had a full ride to go to Texas as a running back. Decided to. Uh, he also was a first round draft choice in baseball. Mm-hmm. So he signed a baseball contract and played. Uh, I want to say Darnell probably got, gosh, 15 years of professional baseball. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, speaking of high school football, I just saw this today and I'm glad we're doing this through FaceTime so you can't take this away from me because I know that you would, but it makes you got... me sound like somewhat of an ogre. <laughs> well, um, Max Preps, which reports on, it's a national publication. It's online. Yep. Um, reports about high school sports all over the country, every state, you know, it's kind of where you go when you want to find out anything high school. They did this article on top coaches in all 50 states, and you are the top, would name the top coach in Colorado for high school football, and you made the cover shot. Yeah. It's a big deal. I, you know what? I actually did not know that was up there. I had my, uh, my defensive coordinator mm-hmm. sent that to me. I mean, Max Preps is a, is a really good site for everything, as you said, everything about high school, mm-hmm. right? So... That that picture uh, was from when? That was immediately when the game ended in 2014 in the state championship game. Yeah. And we had, in that game, been fortunate enough to beat Valor 25 to 24. So you're getting a... My, you're getting my a, quarterback a hug. has mounted me <laughs> from I behind. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I, I kid him even now. I mean, I did not see that coming, obviously, and it almost knocked me down. Mm-hmm. But I fortunately was able to to withstand. No, that's that's nice. There are there are a lot of really good high school coaches, mm-hmm. uh, and across the country and in this state as well. And I can think of a handful of guys that are deserving of that honor in this state. So it was nice. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, where does that like? Do you take more gratification out of maybe your coaching honors? Than anything else? 
Um, well, I mean, I've done it a long time, right? Yeah. So, and I've had really good players, and I've been blessed to have a staff that most of those guys have been with me 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy working with kids. I think, mm-hmm. as I've said before, I think football is the greatest team sport in the world, and I think you can you can teach these kids a little bit something about football and hopefully put them in a position where they can have some success. But there are so many life lessons that you can impart to kids uh, when they're 16, 15, 16, 17, and 18, mm-hmm. right? Um, Do they ever teach you anything? Sure. Like what? Music. Oh, that's how you stay up? On. I'm the hippest 60-plus-year-old <laughs> guy, I think maybe in America. Really? Of course. I, you, I'm sure. I listen to... 850 when baseball You listen on. to Tony Bennett. No. You listen, What's... you know, your favorite artist, seriously, uh-huh. I would guess, not that there's anything wrong with this. Be careful. My two guesses would be uh-huh. Barry Manilow or Neil Diamond. No, but I've seen both in concert. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've seen neither in concert, but how did I know that? I feel, you know what? I think I hit, I, I think I hit a home run on that. Because my mom took me. That was uh-huh. her thing. Um, sure. Hey, speaking of high school football, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we taped our podcast before this happened. High school football is moving to March 4th, correct? Is that the date? First day you can start practice is February 22nd. Okay. First game of the season will be uh, March 4th. All right. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Season cut down from 10 regular season games to seven. Playoffs right now cut down to, uh, I believe, eight teams. Um, how do I feel about that? I, I think given, and I said this last week, given the protocols that have been put in place by Governor Polis and by uh, a variety of health agencies in the state, mm-hmm. there was really no way for us to have a season. How so? Not, not, not really. Because, you know, there, there, there are superintendents of school districts that are of the mind, if you get a positive test or two, that at that point, he or she can unilaterally shut down the entire school and stop all sports. So if that's, you know, we all get, uh, we get uh, hands that are dealt to us, right? Things that happen, we don't necessarily agree or whatever, but those are the cards that you have to play. If, if those those ideas are the basic operating agreement, well, then we have no chance because schools will shut down because you will have positive tests and therefore football programs and any other fall sports will shut down as well. So given given those parameters, and again, I said last week um, on a TV shot that I did, I, this was not Chassa, the governing body of high school uh, activities in our state. This really was not them. This came from the governor's office and from health organizations and superintendents. And so I, I think trying to understand that as best I could, we had a much better chance to have a season in the spring because we had virtually no shot to have one in the fall. So I saw a story, I think it was Channel 9. Um, so it starts a month after the National Letter of Intent Day. There's 37 states that are going to start in the fall. Right. So I think the story was there are some kids that are thinking about transferring. Yep. They did talk to one of your kids, right? Uh, I didn't I didn't see the story. Okay. Um, maybe so. I think they did. I, I think that there, there have been a handful of kids in the state that have transferred out. The Rubley kid, the quarterback at Highlands Ranch, 
His dad was the head coach. And so the entire family, it's my understanding, they moved to Des Moines and they enrolled in a school there. But listen, um, I mean, a couple of things. I'm not sure what the protocols are in place in these various states. But if when they get positive tests, because they will have students and student athletes that test positively. And if, in fact, the protocol at that point is to not only quarantine the person or the student or the athlete who tested positive, but then to contact trace, that that's a, such a key phrase. You go back, and the, the example that was used to me was that, hey, if your quarterback is in an English class and Julie, a student in the English class, gets the sniffles, gets a fever, goes home, uh, says, I don't feel good. Mom and dad get concerned. They take Julie to the doctor. Julie tests positive for COVID-19. At that point, Julie's parents are going to call the school. And then everyone in that class will be quarantined for 14 days, and they will contact Trace, anybody that those people, those students in that class have been around the previous 72 hours. Well, if my quarterback, who in this scenario might test negative. Did I spend time with him? Well, you're in the class with him. Okay. Right? So he's quarantined, and because he spent time with the football program, the entire football program is quarantined. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if, the, if that's how we're going to do business, then we have no chance to have uh, school, and we have no chance to have extracurricular activity. So better to put it in the spring. Would you fall to kid for transferring? Um. I, I've talked to my team. I don't. I don't. I, that's not going to be the case. I don't think I'll have one kid transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of uh, seniors to be that had already worked their schedules to where they could graduate at semester. I had one player last year do that, and he went to the University of Colorado. I, I understand that in a sense, but I'm a big believer, not just because of the situation we're in with COVID-19. I think there's a lot to be gained by finishing up your senior year. And not necessarily only for football, because they, he he finished in football. But just the experiences you have in that second semester, your sport is done, right? Um, you you just have a lot of interaction with your kids. These are relationships that you're going to keep for the rest of your life. College football will be there. The only the only position that I would differ on would be a quarterback, a quarterback that has a chance to compete for a starting job next year. Is he better off going, enrolling at his university in January, going through spring practice, acclimating himself with the system, the offense, and players? Yes, if he has a legitimate chance to start. Everybody else, I mean, I think would be better off having that last semester of high school experiences, friends, going to parties. I mean, just because you can't. You can't get that back. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, I won't have any of them that transfer schools, um, but there have been probably a handful plus of, of good players in our state that have transferred to other states. Now, the key will be, are those other states going to be able to start? I think start, yes, but finish their high school football season? Not so sure. And if they start, then that's it. They can't come back and re-enroll and have a senior season in the spring here in Colorado. So to me, based on where we are with everything going on in this country and uh, the media and how this has been covered, I'm not sure how many of these high school football programs, if they're operating under the same protocols that were placed 
here in the state of Colorado. I'm not sure any of those programs will be able to finish the season. That rolls right into the next big one of the next big topics in sports is ESPN reporting the commissioners of all five power conferences had an emergency meeting over the weekend talking about moving, not having college football in the fall and going to the spring. I feel like we're headed that way. Yeah, the Big Ten uh, it was reported today. That uh, and this was in the Detroit Free Press. The Big Ten took a vote, an emergency vote over the weekend, twelve to two, to postpone all fall sports, including football. The two, the two schools that voted not to postpone um, were Iowa and Nebraska. I'm I'm certain it's purely coincidental that the two states that voted not to postpone uh, fall sports have Republican governors. Dave. And the 12, I'm sorry, (laughs) 11 of the 12 that voted to postpone have Democrat governors. Now, Ohio, if we're to believe that Ohio, the Ohio governor voted to postpone, uh, he, full disclosure, he is a Republican as well. The reason I bring that up is I think, you know, I am not one of these conspiracy theorists, normally speaking, but 2020, I've called it the year of the zombie apocalypse has, has really forced me to sort of step back and, and because we've just been inundated with news and stories and who do we believe and medical information and the same doctor that says one thing in March says something completely different in May. And so, you know, I think you'd have to be naive uh, or just not very smart to think that there, there's not at least somewhat of a political agenda in what we're dealing with, with this COVID-19 thing. Now, we're not, we're not going to turn this into a political podcast, but that's saying, here's what I know about the, the Big Ten, um, because I had an interesting conversation over the weekend with someone in college football in a, Pac-12, in a, in a uh, uh, Power Five conference, Pac-12 school. I was told that if the Big Ten votes to postpone the season, which apparently that announcement will be made on Tuesday, Mm-hmm. that the Pac-12 soon thereafter will do exactly the same thing. Now, that would mean two of the top five Power Five conferences basically have decided to opt out. The MAC has already opted out. They did that last week, but they're not a Power Five conference, which lead, leaves, if those two things happen, and I believe they will, which leaves the SEC, the ACC, and the uh, Big 12. I think there will be tremendous – I mean, they want to play football for all the obvious reasons. Players want to play. There's a lot of money at stake. But I think the pressure uh, from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 opting out will be so severe on the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC. And I think here, here's, here's the interesting thing. What I was told was that – you know, all universities have had what they, you know, they've had many discussions and there's a variety of people in these meetings and uh, the legal team is in these meetings as well. And so for the school I'm talking about, they had a doomsday discussion, create the you know three or four worst scenarios. And from a legal standpoint, um, are we on solid ground if any of those four things happen? Um, you know, so... 30 players test positive, you know, 15 of those go to the hospital. But in the worst case scenario, maybe two of those players, and you hope to God that doesn't happen, but what happens if two of those players die? Are we on solid enough ground 
that from a legal standpoint, we can continue? And I was told the answer to two of those doomsday questions was no, we are not. So I think I think universities rightfully are are uh, scared about moving forward because um, of the unknown with this virus in terms of long term ramifications. I think it's hard to justify for parents that you know are sending student athletes, football players to your particular school that when they see those parents see the Big Ten opting out and they see the Pac-12 opting out, then those parents of SEC, maybe not SEC, probably, but ACC and uh, Big 12 are going to want some answers. Okay, why is it safe for my son to come to this campus and play football when it's not deemed safe for players at Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, all the Big 12 schools, and Pac-12 schools? Why is it safe for my, me to send my son to your school, but other parents we we found it's not safe to send them to those schools. Isn't there a little another side of that, maybe a small side of parents that their kids are could be drafted in April and want their kids to play in the fall? Well, maybe. I'm not saying that all parents are of the mind that we don't want our kids to play. Mm-hmm. But it does bring up the issue and if you're asked that question, if you're if you're the president of the university or the AD or head coach mm-hmm. and and you co- let's just say you coach at uh I don't know, Oklahoma, you're Lincoln Riley. And uh, parents, the parents of three or four of your really good players want to have a Zoom conference call with you. And they ask you that question, hey, you know, these schools in the, in the Big Ten and Pac-12 that have shut down and moved their schedules to the spring, they've said they've done so because of the uncertainty in terms of long-term ramifications of COVID-19. What do you know and what can you assure us, uh, what can you assure us today uh, of our of our son being safe that these other schools don't know? And the answer is, you don't have an answer. Yeah, You really don't. So I, I think it comes down to the legal liability that some of these universities are facing. And, and keep in mind, I mean, here's how petrified they are with that. They're willing to forego, at least for the time being, tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of of millions of dollars. This effect will be felt for years to come. And I said this back in April when there was first discussion about some of the other sports and what will happen. Some of the other sports in college are going away and they're never coming back. Female sports, male sports, University of Alabama two years ago, after after they they made the money and, and paid what the football program was entitled to, wrote a check to the University of Alabama for $38 million. Damn. The university could use that money in any which way they want to. Well, if the SEC doesn't play, that money's gone. That money was used uh, well, presumably for everything. Well, not all of it, right? Because there's less games. Well, you're, you're going to play in the spring. You're going to have less games. Um, less Merchandise, like less all that merchandise, stuff. and in the yeah. meantime, in the meantime, you know what do you what do you do from this from this point? I, it's listen. There are no easy answers. There really aren't, um, and it, and it puts college football and in this case in our state high school football in a very very precarious position. And it will be interesting to see sort of how the NFL battles their way through this without a bubble situation. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see that uh, the NHL just did another round of testing? They're in the bubble, obviously. No positive tests. Yeah. That's apparently the way it gets done. Well, and the NBA bubble. is the same thing. Yeah. NBA has sequestered themselves 
in Orlando, uh, in the NHL, they're in two cities. They don't leave the cities uh, every single move. I mean, you you can do that, but here's the difference. The NBA and the NHL both are wrapping up their season. Right. Right. It's not a full season deal. To try to quarantine 32 NFL teams, first of all, let's say you're going to pick two cities. So 16 teams in two cities. Uh, from a logistics standpoint, to try to find out how do we schedule games, what facilities do we use, you know, we've got to have whatever, you know, multiple games a weekend in one facility in, in two different cities. Uh, I, I just don't see that as a viable option. We're going to take a break. A knock on wood, we are going to have NFL football because if we don't. No, I, th- uh... I think so. I'm not, I'm not intimating okay. at all that we're not going to have NFL football. I'm saying that they will, they will have a challenge in terms of players testing positive and what they do from that point. Uh, will be interesting to see in terms of carrying on the season. Training camp continues. We will talk about how it's going to look differently this week. We'll be right back. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrowman1. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan, Julie Brownman. Let us first welcome one of our newest sponsors once again to our podcast, orthodontic specialist, Dr. Wojtek Bobak. Uh, as you know, it's that time of year. I mean, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You got to get braces for the kids or maybe even for yourself. We highly suggest a visit to go see Dr. Bobak and his staff. He uses state-of-the-art digital radiography and 3D technology to give you or your child a smile that you're going to be very, very proud of. Dr. Bobak also realizes orthodontics can be an investment, so he only uses what scientific clinical research has shown to be significantly effective. It's a nice way of saying you're going to be very happy with what you get from Dr. Bobak for less money. Because believe it or not, a lot of fancy braces and all sorts of treatment devices that have been promoted in orthodontics have really not been shown to be effective. It's simply costlier for the patient's family. And of course, that's a big deal these days. So Dr. Bobak takes all insurances, including CHP Plus and Medicaid. Dr. Bobak has three convenient locations, one in Lakewood, also in Thornton and Aurora. We stopped out to the office in Lakewood. It's it's really kind of cool. Very fun, relaxing environment. They've got plenty of TVs to watch, music to listen to. How about this? You even get a massage chair for the parents to hang out in while waiting during their child's visit. And rest assured, Dr. Bobak has implemented all the measures recommended by the CDC and American Dental Association, and that includes patient questionnaires. He's got temperature checks. Uh, they use face shields. And, of course, a spotless office. And if you mentioned you heard about him on this podcast, you get a $500 discount on a full set of braces or Invisalign. How about that? 500 bucks off. Check him out at bobakortho.com or you can call the number 303-988-0844. Check this out. It's a great opportunity. That's bobakortho.com or 303-988-0844 and smile like you mean it. As we uh, talk about, uh, gosh, 
what's been on the mind of people since, uh, I guess, March, early March 2020. Stop thinking about this. 2020, will there be a year in our lifetime that we ever reflect back on and say, man, I, I thought 2020 was bad, <laughs> but then like 2026, oh, that sucked. I mean, what would have to happen, seriously, for a year after we move past this, and it sometimes it, it seems like we'll never be able to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. But after we do, and, and we will, what yeah. would have to happen in a year for you to look back and say, man, I thought 2020 was a mess. That was nothing compared to, and then insert the year. What would have to happen? Sadly, I would, I want to say, war. No. sadly, we will have this. Yes, because we never expected this. Right. But let's not concentrate on that. Let's concentrate on the positive. Want to do that? Yeah, That would not be a positive, would it? No. Okay. Another week of training camp. It hasn't really felt like training camp at all. How does this week look differently? Because August for August 14th, it's going to be the first full team practice helmets and shoulder pads. That's that's the day that Vic Fangio said in his mind, that's the official start of camp, even though they're they're there. And mm-hmm. uh, doesn't feel like working it, out. it doesn't. We had Kareem Jackson mm-hmm. on the radio show today. Yeah. And um, I asked him, I said, hey, Kareem, did you ever give any moments thought whatsoever about opting out? And he was quick to answer. He said, nope, never did. He said, I'm in my 11th year and I'm paraphrasing now. But, um, you know, you can't you can't get years back when you get to a certain age, which is true. Can't get money back either. Mm-hmm. So he said he talked it over with his family. But. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be very very different. But I think now we're accustomed to uh, things being different. I mean, every every single part of our life right. is different now. So why would an NFL training camp uh, not not be that way? It'll be different going out and trying to cover them because you have limited access. Yeah. We still don't know as a as a play by play guy for the Broncos. I still don't know about the travel plans um, or how many people will be allowed in the booth at uh, Empower Field at Mile High. We normally have, uh, on the far left would be the spotter, then me, then Rick Lewis, the color commentator, then the statistician. So those guys are on the front row. I have a producer that stands and gives me drops during the game uh, right behind me. And then you have an engineer on the second level who sets everything up. And then usually three or four other people in the booth. That's not going to be the case this year. Rick Lewis is going to be your spotter. Right. Well, well I mean, I, mean, I, know, I, I think there's. I mean, some think about this. I the last the last thing I was told was home games mm-hmm. would uh, would allow three people in the booth. Oh boy! Okay, so you, you've got to you, pick and choose, Rick. You, well, you gotta have an engineer. Uh, you know who I guess I think it is. Well, the engineer conceptually could set everything up, and, and I guess have to remain outside the booth. It, Here, here's the you idea: the producer. And somebody bring you guys food. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the uh, I think the food go getter is probably not going to work in the zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. year. So I think there was mentioned something about this. We, I, we've got a great vantage point at Empower mm-hmm. Field. We're right about the forty five yard line, mm-hmm. and not too high. That I mean, other stadiums you're so high you have to literally call the game off binoculars. Mm-hmm. So we've got a great uh, great position. But there was talk about Rick. I mean, I can open the window and um, literally during a game, I could reach out and touch somebody's, the top of their head. Mm. That's how close I am. So 
this is how desperate times <laughs> oh, have become. Okay. We've talked about Rick sitting outside <laughs> the booth in the front row of the third level. Oh, so technically, gosh. he wouldn't count as one of the people, but he'd be on the headset and he would be close enough that we could interact. I mean, you got to do what yeah, you got to do. Yeah, that's creativity. It's finest. Yes. I look forward to seeing pictures of that. All right. Want to ask you this? We talked last week about Juwan James opting out. What's that's going to do for the plan for the offensive line? Since then, I've heard things about Dalton Reisner and maybe switching his position. No. I hope not. No, he's killing it. No, no, so that would be no. No, my answer. Would be hell no. Okay, I, I think that that would. I mean, it, you, listen, could he play there and be a functional right tackle? He could. He played. He played some tackle at Kansas State, but he's a second year guy that you want to have firmly entrenched at left guard. And the last thing you want to do, because it's 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 really different. I mean, it's different if you play left tackle, then move to right tackle. Forget about left guard, yeah. right? So um, I, I would leave Reisner, and if it's Cushenberry at center, I'd leave him, uh, and I would leave uh, Glasgow yeah. at right guard, who they paid a lot of money from or four in the off season. Mm-hmm. So I'd leave the interior part of my line intact. And you hope that uh, Garrett Bowles uh, shows a little improvement in what will be his final year as a Bronco if he doesn't. And then you got you to gotta find, I mean, Elijah Wilkinson is back healthy, so you let him compete at right tackle. And there's talk about them signing uh, a veteran offensive tackle as a sort of uh, uh, swing tackle role. Mm-hmm. So... I would not move Dalton Reisner. Okay. Um, I saw an article in Sports Illustrated where Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware were talking about Bradley Chubb, and they were just giving him so much praise. With what we know about Bradley Chubb and obviously Ware and Von Miller, can Bradley Chubb be better than both? Like, uh, when all is said and done. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow my roll a little bit on that. Okay. I love Chubb. Well, don't um, we all? But he's a completely different player than Von Miller. Completely. So, I mean, his skill set is based on power, uh, bull rush. Not Mm -hmm. to say that he doesn't have pass rushing skills, because he does. But he's a lot bigger man. I mean, Bradley Chubb will play around 265 to 270 every year. Von Miller's put on some weight this year. But Von Miller last year was in the two just below 240. I thought maybe even maybe a little bit too light. But his his skill set is so uncommon because of his athletic ability. There right. are very few people in the world that can do what Von Miller does. I, I'm more interested to see Von Miller uh, with a different sort of mindset. And he mm-hmm. publicly has come out and talked about how as a leader of the team, and he'll be 31 years old this year, it's a big year for him. And, and I, I think... Listen, I'm I'm anxious to see. I, th- I think Vaughn is poised to have a really big year. Who's going to have the breakout year? Between those two? No, just if I just right now, the entire roster, you got the entire roster to work with. At the end of the year, we go, that guy had a breakout year. Wow. Wow. I, I don't know if I would say breakout year. Uh, I think Jarrell Casey was as important a signing as, as the Broncos had in the offseason at, uh, at inside tackle. Mm-hmm. Big, strong, Pro Bowl player, guy that has always played with a good motor. If you can keep him healthy, you really solidify the inside of your defensive line. The, the most important position to me on the defense is the back end. Can uh, Bryce Callahan get healthy and stay healthy by all reports? I mean, Vic, Vic Pangio said he's healthy and ready to go. 
Is he going to play outside? We play nickel. I think probably both. Right. So uh, you can't in, in the division they're in. You can't even think about being a playoff challenging team if you can't cover, because obviously they're they're aware of who they have in Kansas City. Getting pumped. Uh, like I'm getting these conversations. I, I'm like getting, I you know, the year's been so crazy that you you get excited one day and the next day, like somebody just sticks a pin in the bubble and, and the balloon it, fly, it. it flies around the room backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're gonna do that? No, we're not doing that. Oh, maybe no, we're not doing that. So I'm gonna take the wait and see. Okay. I'm getting excited. I mean, no preseason games. The Monday night opener. Uh, I will be excited, even though more than likely, no fans. But I'll be excited to get pumped up during the game. So if college football does go away in the fall, do you think it's a good idea to put some games on Saturday? Uh, I think the NFL will probably do that Mm -hmm. because they look at that as a huge TV opportunity. I think it would make sense. Now you're going to have to have, and I'm sure the networks will will clear programming because Saturday programming, for the most part, is not a moneymaker for network TV. Mm -hmm. NFL football is. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Monday, Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, especially if there's no college football. But I think I think what, what I would say for people listening to the podcast, watch college football within the next 10 days or so. I think mm-hmm. this week, maybe tomorrow, Big Ten opts out. I think shortly thereafter, Pac-12 opts out. And then the one conference, I think the SEC will be probably the last one to go. But the, but the Big 12, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on the Big 12. And uh, you might be able to have – college football if three power five conferences stay in but if three opt out then i don't know how you do it last question does rick know that he's has to be outside have you guys we, broken we have we have, we have talked about that i mean that's going to be fine in september you know as oh, totally. we as we all know sometimes in december and maybe even late november it is uh-huh. uh a tad bit nipply yeah at uh partners you do go with them well I, i'll be there I'll be there. Inside. Toasty. Yeah, I'll reach down and hand him <laughs> hot chocolate. No, no, no. The window will be open. We don't, oh, okay. we don't, you've been in the booth. It's yeah. not like we get real toasty. Well, I mean, yeah. we work trench coats during the season. It, it gets mm-hmm. cold. You got to experience what all the fans are. Oh, that's right. No fans. Well, maybe this year I'll shut the window. <laughs> yes, you will. Dave, I'll see you next week. Are I'll, you pumped? I, I'm, I'm as pumped as I possibly can be. <laughs> Carbot. <laughs>